1: I'm going Nomad's mission is to empower musicians across the globe with strategies for a sustainable career while blasting stereotypes, and to bring you tried and true wisdom from his colleagues in this crazy business we call music. On this episode of the Career Musician
2: Podcast, we have Dr. Molly Miller. That's right, I said doctor, as she has earned her doctorate's degree in music from USC and now holds the chair of the guitar department at Los Angeles College of Music. In addition, she is a member of Jason Mraz's band, and she has her own band, the Molly Miller Trio. As a staple of the Los Angeles music scene for the past several years, Molly is burning it up on several facets, as you can see and hear, right here on the Career Musician Podcast. Welcome to the Career Musician Podcast, Molly Miller. I'm sorry, Dr. Molly Miller.
0: (laughs) Thank you for having me, happy to
2: be here. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I was just talking about our mutual friend, Charlie, who hooked us up.
0: Yeah, Charlie is the man.
2: Yes, Charlie Wyman, thank you so much for this connection. Um, Okay, lots to cover. So I'm just going to get right to it.
0: I'm excited. I don't even know what to expect, Where what you're going to ask, what's going to happen.
2: <laughs> it's all fun. It's all good. Cool. So what inspired you to become a musician? What's the bug that bit you? You know how it all bites us at some point, right?
0: Yeah. Like a few things in my life. It feels like it wasn't exactly a conscious decision, but something. So I'm the middle of five kids. And when I was seven years old, my parents were like, hey, you're starting a band. And I was like okay. They're like, you're going to play guitar. I was like, all right. And it wasn't like, it was this like, no, please let me play guitar. I've been dying to, you know, like that kind of story. They were just like, here's your guitar. And I was playing my dad's old guitar. And then shortly after got like a Yamaha Pacifica and I was so excited. It was my guitar. Um, Yeah. And I'd say from seven to 14, it wasn't exactly like my choice. And it wasn't like I was, I like you know, I was like, cool, I play guitar. It's just like wow. oh, if something I did every single day with my brothers and sisters. We'd have daily band practices. And I was notoriously like the one that never wanted to practice and the one that was always uh. trying to avoid band rehearsals. I was like, but it's it's like whatever Brenda's birthday and I have to go to her birthday party or whatever the thing was. I was. Yeah. But then uh, as I got into high school, I kind of realized I was like, wait, I actually uh, really like doing this. It was yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix was the one that made me realize uh, guitar is cool. Aha. Yeah. I, I learned Purple Haze and I was like, oh, damn. Wait, it's like it, it like didn't hit me that guitar is cool until I learned that, which is so strange.
2: I'm sitting here with a huge grin because as you're telling me this, my daughter is 13 and oh, cool. she's going through the same thing with piano. Oh, cool. And I keep telling her, "Come on, honey, you can, t-. you know, she's playing Bach uh, invention in D minor, invention number 4 in D minor. She's oh. crushing it." Yeah. You know, but she doesn't like it. And I'm yeah. like, "Oh, honey, come on." So, it's it's interesting when we find that moment that inspires us
0: totally. Yeah, that was yeah. my first moment, and then I slowly yeah. just like got more and more into it. It wasn't like I had to do like jazz band in school and like band practice mm-hmm. with my family. It wasn't like I had to. Instead, it was like I started seeking out my own opportunities. And the other like big aha moment was I went to Berklee College of Music for a summer. I did like a one week summer guitar sessions, and that was like a very uh, emotional week for me, where I was like, "This is what I want to do the rest of my life." And I was like sixteen years old at that point.
2: I was just going to say, the age, okay, yeah, that's the perfect age. Oh,
0: yeah, my God, yeah. I was that. like, I yeah. finally make sense in the world, you know? Whatever.
2: Right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's like upon discovering, uh, at one point, I, I discovered Paganini, the violinist, composer, Ingve Malmsteen, Pat Metheny, and Wes Montgomery, all in, like, the same week. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> What?
0: <laughs> like <laughs> totally how, how does this happen this is <laughs> amazing yeah <laughs> yeah you just need like that thing that hooks you or right. there's a lot of things that can hook you but yeah all
2: right all right absolutely well, i love that i love that all right so you're in the family band now is that is that the, the deal did you guys have a name and was it oh legit? my god
0: yeah, we had the worst band name ever. I actually recently found this like jean jacket that we had made that my mom used to wear. Um, our band name was underage. This was like Under- early cute. internet. If you looked up like, un- yeah, whatever. So it's not cute. It was so, it's, now it's kind of funny looking back. But yeah, we were underage. And so for like, I'd say like seven years, it was like every day we practiced, we gigged all around town. We used to play like private parties and yeah. um, street fairs, random things. Yeah, that That's was awesome that was my
2: childhood that's hilarious see as a parent you see that's cute but actually, the the name is kind of like, oh, wow, that's kind of weird. You know, you yeah. don't want to say.
0: That. No, it's <laughs> but weird.
2: As a parent speaking about your children, you're yeah. like, oh, that's so cute. You know, uh, so. <laughs> I <laughs> like,
0: wish my parents had better judgment and didn't <laughs> let us have that name. But also, whatever, you know. Yeah, uh, it was great. That's it, awesome. Yeah, it was a great way to grow up. It definitely. Yeah, that was my childhood, you know, like hang, spending time with my family, yelling at each other in band practices.
2: <laughs> right. All right, so check this out from Jimi Hendrix really inspiring you to push forward and that and that camp at Berkeley to becoming a doctor a doctor of music. That's a huge deal. At USC, you got your doctorate mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. 2016, is that right?
0: Yeah, uh, actually I have yeah. to like think I graduated 11 13, 16, yes.
2: Yeah. So, what uh I mean, what a trip, right? Tell us about that trip. How did that journey oh my all play out? That's a big it, accomplishment, like I said.
0: Yeah. It's funny. When you just do something, it's kind of hard to be like, whoa, I don't know. <laughs> um, right, right. Yeah. So at that time, when I was 16, I, yeah, I went to the College of Music, and I was like, oh, my God, I want to be a musician. But also, like, I was a good student, and I, did, I wanted to have options, if you will, as uh, like, mm. Um, but I wanted to go to a conservatory that also had a strong liberal arts pro- program. In USC, I was like, I want to go to USC. And that was my focus the next two years, uh, making sure I got into USC and not just that, but that I had some form of financial aid going to USC. So I focused super hard on like practicing and making sure my audition was good and like getting doing well in the SATs, all these things that felt like like huge deals at the time you know that was like the center of my universe and then um yeah i went to usc and i as i was finishing my undergrad like i was gigging when i was at usc but not a lot it'd be like a couple times a month a few times a month they'd be like rock bands with friends like or like some jazz casuals around town because i I, you know i I grew up in la so i always had some connection so i was fortunate in that way where i was like all throughout college, I had gigs, of, like for meeting people at USC, but also for my connections back home. Um, That's yeah.
2: perfect. I was going to ask you about that because juggling a gigging life and a, you know a school, a, a, you know, a workload at school can be pretty intense.
0: Yeah, but I kind of, I like kind of run hot. I kind of need a lot of. I like yeah. to, I like to stay busy and put my energy in different places. I
2: love it. Love it.
0: Yeah. So I don't know how to kind of chill. so yeah Yeah. so like during i was like yeah in undergrad teaching gigging just like trying to keep it all together and get better at guitar and then um, as i was graduating i was like i'm done i'm just gonna be a musician and do my thing and tour and live my life and my family once again my family is very influential in my life they were like we really think you should get a master's molly like if you're gonna do music you should just like go in and do more and i was very adamant that i didn't need it and then my two brothers and I had a uh, we we had lunch in New York City. We had shakshuka. <laughs> I didn't know was Ooh, like nice. it's a very like vivid memory. And my brothers were like, Molly, you should do it. I was like, I know. So when my dad said it, I was like, You're wrong, Dad. But when my brother said it, I was like, I know that that everyone's right. So yeah, I stayed at USC and I was a TA. I got my master's and like the same sort of thing happened. I'm finishing my master's. I was like, I'm done, I'm gigging, I'm working, like, you know, I was like working pretty full time when I finished my master's, outside of getting, you know, being in school and being a TA. I was also teaching a ton at like music studios and wherever and, um, and gigging, you know, I like at least a few nights a week. I was, playing and these were in like the
2: local scene the local yeah local it scene. was yeah. like
0: you know like i, I had a, i was in this band called the Vibrometers for like eight years and we like had a downtown on lockdown we played like you know 50 wow. to 100 gigs like three four nights a week is what it felt like from like 10 p.m to 1 a.m a lot of late night gigs and then like random corporate bands and stuff but i was like working and so i was like i don't need more school i'm done and they were like molly like you're a ta hold on to that ta ship school's not costing you like just you're like what and they were right because it was like if I had stopped and taken even a year off I never would have gone back it would have uh, been so really. hard so
2: I so agree with that yes yeah,
0: yeah. so last minute I um stayed at USC and I got my DMA which I'm so happy I did because yeah it, I mean I, I'm someone That's who I freaking know freaking awesome I need structure in my life. I'm not like, you know, I think some people think of the, like the artist who just needs like all day for their process and their whatever. I'm like, no, I need like a thousand things on my plate and to like find the slivers of time to create my art. And maybe it's I've like taught myself to behave that way. And I don't know what's healthier, but I've, uh, this (laughs) is how I function. (laughs)
2: No, I think it's brilliant, actually. And the whole premise of the career musician as a concept is learning that music is about art and the creation, and you know, a- and chasing the muse, you know, which we find in this intangible uh, sense. Yeah. But, al- but also, it's a business. Totally. And you have to have some structure. Yeah. And that, you know, that's like that's what I'm trying to you know just scream from the mountaintops. Hey, musicians! Yes, be creative, but also pay attention to your business. Get your business straight.
0: so true yeah and like even oh i say this sometimes like people reach out to me for advice or even just you know i'm like they're like how do you get gigs i'm like everyone's gonna be really good at a certain point like if you keep practicing everyone's gonna be great do you just look
2: at instagram or youtube for proof of that right
0: (laughs) yeah like totally like there's There's so so many many great players but like do you respond to emails do you show up on time you know, it's like, it's like, are you, do, you, are you like pleasant to be around? Like these super basic things take you further than anything else.
2: Um, let's talk about communications. Um, there's this thing that I hear, quote unquote, the kids talk about ghosting. What? what is this? <laughs> like, I don't understand this. Hey, look, I don't, and part of my French, I don't understand this fucking principle of ghosting. Like, don't fucking ghost me, dude. Like, really? I know. How I know. are you going to ghost me? We're talking business
0: here, right? I, mean, I know. I had hey. <laughs> yep I, I don't get it and like there's people who I would never hire or recommend because of how they communicate and like yeah. that's how everyone gets work you know all the work I get is because of friends like hey ask Molly or like I'll be like oh I can't do the gig ask John or whatever you know and like that's how you all get right. work and your reputation is everything so if you like don't respond to someone like you're not going to be getting any work yo
2: exactly Point blank, exactly, exactly. And and then here's the other thing. I also like to put a time limit on my response. Mm. I don't like to go longer than a day, and a day is, is the longest for me. Yeah. But usually I try within a couple hours, as long as I'm not in the middle of a session or tracking or, you know, a middle of a gig or something. Yeah,
0: right? the 24-hour thing, actually, I remember in college, Nick Stubis, a professor there, who's now the chair, like, said that. He's like, don't, like, you should be responding within 24 hours. And the whole thing is true. Right. Like, sometimes you get hit up and people won't, We'll just move on if you don't respond quick enough.
2: That's right. That's right. And then also get it off your plate, get it done, so you can move on to the next thing, right? Yes. So, it's so yeah. true. Words of wisdom from Dr. Miller. Here, <laughs> you've heard it.
0: <laughs> I, I, I did this like uh, like master class a, a couple days ago for some students, like sixteen to nineteen. And yeah, that's what I just kept saying is like right. <laughs> respond.
2: That's right. Respond. It seems like we have to just, yeah, keep pushing it. Okay. So, you're doing gigs. I love I was going to ask you about being a kind of a staple in the LA music scene. Uh, you were talking about that. Uh, maybe you said some things that perhaps some of the listeners aren't familiar with. You mentioned casual jazz gigs. Mm. Let's talk about what a casual date is. It's not, <laughs> it's not a romantic thing. <laughs> Oftentimes, the old guys, the old cats and players used to call it a date, right? Oh, I did this date yeah. over at Warner Brothers. <laughs> you, know, right? you hear Tommy Tedesco talk about that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> so totally. let's talk about casuals and, and all that and you know, the gigs and here in the local scene.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel super fortunate that I do have like, you know, I have like the touring gig, I have my teaching life, but also like Molly Miller Trio, the th- you know, like I have these different aspects, right. but like I think how I got a lot of those things was from just like doing casual gigs, which is like, I don't know, they're like the non-romantic gigs. It's like show up <laughs> at the Italian restaurant, going through the bag <laughs> and like
2: right. three uh,
0: sets that are 45 minutes long and you get pasta. Saying, be there.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. And be there for four to five hours, right? Like totally. it's a long night usually. Yeah. Yeah. You get
0: like a hundred dollars and like they're not they're not that whatever. But like they also are the gigs. It's like where I think where you learn how to play. At least for me and I think most players, you right. gotta you gotta pay your dues. It's like of course we all we all want the sexy gigs, but in order to get the sexy right. gigs, you gotta pay your dues. And sometimes those casual gigs are so fun. Like I play, um, Every Monday at um, Perch, but obviously we are in COVID, so there's not a lot of live music, but for like five years, every Monday, I played at Perch. And this was like a casual gig I love. It's just like you show up, you play seven to 10 with yeah. my friends, we get food, we get some money, yeah. we have a good time, I learn, I get to practice, but not just right? practice, I get to play, you know? Like that's how we, that's what I was thinking about today. I was like, God, I miss just like playing tunes for like hours every week with just, other people. Yeah
2: yes yes that's so funny and oftentimes those gigs these casual gigs we're talking about i actually think of them as rehearsals paid rehearsals mm, right totally like uh, like my wife and i were in a, a band a duet together and we always joke with one another we never rehearse we rehearse on the gig because <laughs> there's something about the magic it's like you just you're like oh shit okay we don't want to be late we got all stuff okay we got the kid taken care of now we're gonna go do the gig right you get Aww. there you're like okay now what uh glass of wine play
0: yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, like just, I miss it so much. Right? Just figure it out. And yeah. that is the best. That's when you really
2: get to the nitty gritty,
0: right? It's really true. Yeah, I was saying that to a student yeah. today. I was like, yeah, I was like, go play these tunes with people. It's was like, yes. that's how you learn. Like, yeah, you can sit yeah. in your bedroom for hours and hours and hours learning songs and whatever, mm. but like, it doesn't mean anything until you're actually doing the thing.
2: That's right. Now, let's take all of that information, that applied experience and mm. knowledge and tell again, maybe the listeners who aren't sure how to get a, the big gig. You know, Jason Mraz—that's a big yeah. deal. And like you said, it's word of mouth, it's referrals. You know, give us some insight
0: on that side of things and how that transpired. It re- like I always say this: there are like no secrets to it. It's like yeah. it is like. It's just, and it's being out, it's community. Everything I've gotten that I love is from my community. And like yes. being a community member, not just someone who's like, oh, I'm going to show up to this jam session and meet all these big people, give them my business card, and then I'm going to be famous. Or like get, <laughs> be on all the pop gigs, whatever. It's like, I mean, yeah, there are some yeah. stories where like someone goes to the audition and gets the gig. But in my yeah. experience for my myself and seeing all my peers, it is like, Every single gig I've ever gotten is from my community. Whether it be like Jason Mraz, with yeah, that like funk band, the vibrometers I was talking about, we right. were playing like fifty to one hundred dollar gigs from ten PM to one AM, like in downtown. Not sexy, not cool, but like from there is actually how I ended up playing for Jason um, from like that community. And, yeah. it, and but
2: it's vibey as hell. It's the vibe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, like, everything. Like, I played for, I was in the house band for this, uh, The Bachelor, like, one of The Bachelor Nation shows. I saw that. And it was, like, the most, it was, like, I did it in, like, February, and it was so, so much fun. And I got that from some, like, from a drummer on a casual gig that, like, once again, they're like, Hey, do you wanna to go to do this random gig for like not that much money? And it's kinda of like, Yeah, sure, yeah, I'm free this afternoon. I'd rather play than not. And it sounds fun. Like my kind of theory is or my like I always think like say yes and try everything once and you and like, you know, if it's not cool, don't do it again.
2: I like that. Would you consider that to be your mantra? Say yes.
0: Yes yeah, you know? Totally. Say yes and like yeah. and I think like like as I've the more experience I've had, it is easier to kind of navigate and be like, Mm, this isn't sitting right with me and I it's like not I mean, you know, like I, I think you,
2: Yeah. Yeah. Of course. You develop that discernment muscle.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And the discernment muscle unfortunately is not something that comes uh magically it takes experience it takes time right
0: yeah you,
2: you have to go through shit to get oh to- <laughs> yeah I
0: remember yeah. yeah there's like you know I read uh there's no traffic on the extra mile I love that quote that Ricky Miner's book but he yes. talked yes. about yes
2: oh you read it too that's so funny mm-hmm. I read,
0: yeah, yeah yeah he talked about this theory and then also the guy who started CD Baby like Dave Siver what's his name I oh, can't yes. but uh, you know yeah, what I'm talking, know what about? talking about I forget yeah. his name right now but um like, if you put too much on your plate, then you don't have room for the things that you actually need to focus on. You know, if you're, like, spread so thin, you don't have time to actually, like, show up and be prepared to the things you should be and want to be. So the whole concept of, like, hell yes and fuck no, if it's, like, anywhere in the middle, you just are, like, sorry. If you're, like, kind of gray about it, be like, that's not okay. That's not sitting well. But if you're, like, yes, then it's a yes. If you're, like, eh, no.
2: I love that. That's really good. Yes. That's a great little... uh barometer to measure things yeah. yeah
0: I try to live that way
2: that's good that's good I love it uh, okay so tell us speaking of all of this uh, regimented um, you know practice and studies and, and this and that different jobs and gigs and, and I, I want to get to all of it in your yeah. band uh, what's a day in the life like for Dr. Molly Miller before COVID yeah, yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah actually, let's talk about before and during you know perhaps during COVID because COVID that's so important I think yeah because there is hope.
0: There is hope. Okay, yeah. I mean, like before COVID, I was probably out uh, 25 to 35% of the year touring. Um, okay. And then I'm the chair of a guitar department. So I'm always kind of balancing that. And Right, by, at the Los Angeles? Yeah, Los, Sa- Los right. Angeles College yeah. of Music. Totally. So okay, yeah, yeah, I'm teaching there uh, probably five hours a week or something, doing all the admin stuff, five to 10 hours a week. And uh, so, yeah, I'm always kind of like balancing the teaching and the admin stuff and making sure I'm like developing the program and making it a stronger place and like there to support my students and my faculty and also like running around town, going to gigs and rehearsals. So it is and like also like trying to get the Molly Miller trio out and just like it's like it can be a balancing act, but I feel like they all form inform each other. And I just love doing it all like I love playing. I just love playing music with people that inspire me and the same is true of working with students. Like I love, I love working with students that are into this. Like, you know, I'm obsessed right. with the guitar. Like, I get right. stoked to talk about like nerdy theory stuff or like that's what it. tunes they're working on or like whatever. Like, for me, it's all right. fun and informs the process and just enriches my life. So, like, most of the time, like pre COVID, yeah, I was like running around. I go to like, I was gigging like 200 dates a year. That was kind of my average. And then doing all wow, the. Wow, that's sick. Yeah. That's a big load. Yeah. It's cool. I love it. You know, all that's, of it's that's so awesome. fun. And um, yeah. now I've transitioned. The first few months of quarantine, I was. Is like i was not a happy person i'd say yeah,
2: i know it's a, that's a difficult transition if, especially if you're out gigging that much yeah.
0: yeah like i was out seven nights a week whether it be like i'm out on the road or in town right. so once again the community thing like yeah i was right. gigging at least a few nights a week but after my gigs or on nights i didn't have gigs like i wanted to be a part of this community and that's how i met charlie too is like both right. of us are like we want to like see that it's like how how i think him and i both but like i stay inspired is by going and seeing shows and seeing my friends and hearing what's going on like that is my fuel you know that's
2: right so that i miss
0: that too you're right? so right man yeah ah. i know so i miss yeah. it a ton um, All
2: right. So are you, yeah. are you the regimented type where you say, okay, I'm up at six by seven, I'm doing this by eight. I'm doing this by nine 30. I'm doing, or are you kind of just go with the flow according to the, you know, mm. the agenda?
0: I mean, it's hard. Cause like, I feel like I'm pretty regimented, but there is yeah. a flow, you know, um, like every, yeah, I, I go through periods. Like, I think I'm actually yeah. more regimented when I'm on tour. I'm like, mm. I, I, don't like to consume very much alcohol. I like like to wake yeah. up and make sure I get, like, I'm, I guess I'm pretty regimented. I feel like anyone yeah. listening to this who knows me would say I'm lying because I'm very regimented. But it's not like, at eight <laughs> to 10 this, 10 to that, like this morning I woke up yeah. at like 7.30 and I was like, oh, I should practice for a couple hours. But like, I got sidetracked by doing emails and stuff that I had to do, so. Right. It's also, yeah, but my practices, I like those to be very free flow and just like connect with my guitar and I'll do- You do?
2: Okay. Yeah. So yeah. For,
0: for, unless I, like sometimes I will have like, I have to learn these songs, I have to do these things, but yeah. I, I like my practices to be pretty organic um, of like playing tunes and learning songs and doing transcriptions and metronome work and just connecting with my instrument. Like I think that state is really important. I hate feeling frantic while I'm practicing.
2: Yeah. Mm. Good point. So this is so interesting because I've always been super regimented and super square and all of my friends who know me are like, oh yeah, dude, you're just way too uptight <laughs> when it comes to that. Scheduling and all that stuff. Um, so I've always tried to adhere to like a practice regimen that's pre-planned and outlined mm. and it's timed and everything right. And yeah. then the, now I'm starting to go the other way. I'm like, no, I'm not even going to say I'm going to do this. I'm just going pick to pick up the guitar and see what happens.
0: Cool. Right? How's that going? How does it feel?
2: Ve- much better, m- much better. But here's what happens okay, this is why I don't really practice because then I start composing. Mm, why is that bad? You, uh, I, it's not bad, right? Exactly. See, I had to tell myself it's not bad, yeah. I don't know because then I'm like, well, you should have been working on your Spanish and your Lydia no. dominant, your no. Arpeggios, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, <laughs> I mean, here, I don't know. I feel like but it, you know what I'm saying. I, I do know what you're saying because I think I had to like untrain myself to behave that way because in college it was like yeah. like I was I am practicing I have to learn these scales and these are oh my. and then like right. it felt like this frantic thing where my brain and my body like I wasn't actually in taking the information what's the point of playing music is to like For me, like a big theme is like being joyous and expressive and connecting and like the more I think Mm -hmm. you create your practice sessions like that, the more they actually go on to your gigs like that and just you as a human, like I think it's all very fluid. I, I had this like Bruce Foreman is the person who helped me kind of come to this realization that like we are not practicing, we are always playing, there is no such thing as practicing. And I, yeah, I like that. Yeah. And I so like, I mean, I get real frantic and chaotic and, ah, but like, I, I'm trying to always fight that. Um, right. Because, yeah, I think I'm not only like, I'm such a better musician. And even like in my practice sessions, like, I think my best practice sessions are when I'm like calm. And I play a tune, I listen to myself. I play a tune, like, and I record myself and listen back. Okay, okay. And, like, focusing on just, like, connecting with my instrument and being musical. And then, yeah. uh, if that's the focus, then I always play so well at my gigs when I'm, that's the focus, is music. Because we get so caught up in, like, the right scale or the right sound. And, yeah, I was talking about, like, this George Benson yeah. solo today. I was looking, my student transcribed yeah. it with George Benson. No, actually, it was Isaiah Sharkey. Sorry. I'm, I'm mixed. Okay. So, yeah, there you go. And yeah. he was, like... But it was, like, in reference to some, like, a George Benson lick. Yeah, yeah. And over an F minor chord, he played, like, a flat 5, and he was like, but what, you know, it's like, but what's skit? I don't know. And I'm like, <laughs> I could have been like, well, it's Dorian sharp 4. Also, it's like, it just kind of sounds cool and bluesy and tense, you know?
2: It's just vibey. Yes. Yes, that's right. Wow. I don't know. This, no, this is a good point, because... You- funnily enough when I'm I'm so regimented I, w- I was so regimented practicing but when then I go to the gig I don't think about music at all I don't think about it at all I yeah. close my eyes put my head back mm. and just play whatever the hell comes out yeah right so so that's right so I like your 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 methodology
0: yeah but everyone has such a different process and that's why sometimes I struggle when people be like well like what should I do? And I'm like, yeah. I, like, I'm not, like, I don't know.
2: Hell, if I know, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like play, play a lot of guitar.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> don't be an yeah. asshole. <laughs> you know? Thank you. See, that's it. That, these are these are the the principles.
2: Uh, you know, and then you listen to Guthrie Govan, or you know, like mm. you said, Isaiah Sharkey. and You, you hear these players that it, it just seems like the technical abilities mm-hmm. are are so. Uh, fine-tuned right yeah to the point of just but then there's the, the heartfelt too so you know I think it's individual yeah you have to do what's right for you
0: totally yeah, yeah. I think yeah I mean there I'm like kind of like over oversimplifying because there definitely are like like I think things that everyone needs to do but they all have to do the things like learn and dominant learn your arpeggios right. transcribe right. these solos understand harmony and then just break all the rules and like create music Hi, you're listening to The Career Musician. I am Molly Miller. I'm here with Nomad.
1: Your value is not determined by the gig. Learn more by listening to The Career Musician Podcast. Streaming everywhere.
0: Subscribe to The Career Musician on Apple Podcasts
2: There you go. I love it. I love it. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about you you have a new album coming out, right?
0: Yes, Charlie's been uh, helping me with it. Yeah. So we i He's re-
2: he's been telling me about that. Oh my yeah. God.
0: Actually, <laughs> I think exactly one year ago today, I was in the in, in at United United with Jay Jennifer Condos, Jay Belarose, and Mike Persante. And
2: like you couldn't get any better musicians. to oh play Oh my with you? god, I know. <laughs> Those are like the, some heavyweight cats. I
0: know. Yeah, they're they're it's they're beautiful. my trio. They're they're my, my peeps. So yeah, they're three. Yeah. So I know I was emailing with Jen. We've been working on some like cues and stuff uh, remotely,
1: nice. but um.
0: Yeah, so we have a new album coming out, Molly Miller Tree, with J- yeah Jay and Jenna are, are are the band and I and uh, Mike Persante, who Jay calls like the fourth member of the band, what engineered it and mixed it. He's pretty incredible. And then Lurson Mastering, they mastered it, Gavin Lurson and Ruben Cohen. They're awesome. Right. And uh, yeah, I have my test pressing just to the right of me. I'm looking at it, um, but I can't wait to wow. take it, to put it out. But um, yeah, like I always and now I've like in this like how do I put it out? What do I do? And I'm like talking to people and figuring that out because you know I want to tour with okay, it. Okay, so it's yeah.
2: it's all indie then. You're doing this independently. I don't. I'm actually talking. You don't well,
0: yeah, okay. TBD. We'll see. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. No, that's all right. You don't. You don't have to disclose anything. Yeah, because okay. it's
0: TBD. It's yeah. it's like all yeah. like sure. you know emails and waiting. Email and wait. Wait, (laughs) (laughs) I'm in that phase right now. Um, I always
2: say, ascend it and forget it, right? Yeah. You can't go crazy with that no
0: yeah Yeah, so 20 so we were supposed to put it out in july and we had like some tour dates we had some stuff in nashville and up in california and whatnot that were but actually whatever it is what it is so now we're waiting till um next year we're going to put it out the middle of next year and the record's ready i'm so proud of it i love it it's all original music all instrumental and it's like yeah i'm so proud of it and i can't wait to share it and yeah, in the meantime, I have like a lot of new songs that I can't wait to record with Jay and Jen, you
1: know?
2: <laughs> right. So you're already working on project number two.
0: <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. Even like right before COVID hit, we had a bunch of new songs we were working on. And Jen, Jen and I will write a lot of songs together. So I'll write an A section and send something to her and she writes the B and vice versa and things like that. So it's been weird not having that that in my life. But I still have been like emailing with them a lot. And we actually played together a couple weeks ago, which was so fun so yeah that's awesome so you play it together in a studio setting or a live setting live setting like an outdoor block party yeah the, oh, yeah so it was nice. jen jay and i and then uh this vocalist uh kenton chen the four of us did like a block party that was so fun
2: oh that's cool <laughs> now on your shows do you pick from the classic song books as well you know and do covers or you just stick to all originals
0: oh we definitely do yeah a mixture like i think that's part of the okay. fun thing is for us and for me is to like come up with songs so we do like you know, like Tammy Wynette and Willie Nelson and like country stuff. And then we'll do like Tom Waits and a bunch of stuff from the great American songbook standards, um, originals. We'll do like, yeah, more Coney. It's like kind of all over the place. Um, Velvet Underground. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some of the stuff we've done and we do. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, It's all over the place,
0: but it all like feels like it's all very, it feels cohesive. Like, I think that's, you know, like any, you know, you're trying to create a sound or create, yeah. I was just saying this. I was—I listened to an interview, um, Terry Gross interviewing Gloria Steinem and she was, she was decorating her first house and like buying couches and furniture and whatever. And she was so nervous that like, it wasn't going to go together. And yeah. the advice her friend gave her was like, if the same person loves it, it's going to all come together nicely. That's and I fair. feel like that happens in music too. If it's, it's like, it's, it all makes sense together, you know, like these three people who, who are choosing these songs and creating these arrangements, it's going to be cohesive.
2: That's right. I do love that. I just checked out some of your videos and, and things. I was watching a clip of you with the Jason Mraz brand, band, mm-hmm. and you guys were jamming on a reggae joint, and you would you took a solo, you were killing it, it was so beautiful. And, and I can hear those influences that you're talking about. Um, and not to sound like a jerk but it kind of reminded stylistically it reminded me of me like i was like wow i could relate to you stylistically oh, cool. because i love this funky kind of thing with some jazz influence but very melodic and lyrical yeah right you 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 were you were uh adamant about setting a motif mm-hmm. and then expanding that motif yeah. and then you know doing some other things but coming back to it you know yeah and harmonically you were using some of the, you know, the, the dominant five minor one kind of cadences, which I love.
0: Uh-huh. I was yeah.
2: like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. like I totally, I, I analyzed your playing within like three split seconds. I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Got it.
0: Cool. Love it. Like right away, it's just like, oh, yeah,
2: totally. Right? Yeah. So I, I agree with what you're saying. If it comes from the same person, same source, it doesn't matter if I'm playing like, I'm sure it's the same for you. If I'm playing uh, a nylon string. Yeah, or a three thirty-five or a Telecaster.
0: Yes, I'm. I'm eyeing all those guitars behind you. Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah, I got quite a bunch. So when COVID's over, I can't wait to actually jam with you. Oh yeah, we have to get together and play.
0: I'm in. That sounds great. Yeah,
2: that's gonna be killer.
0: All right, so how
2: do you look? So think of this as you're not yourself. You're you're an outsider looking in. Okay, you're a listener. You anywhere over the around the globe. Maybe you're a young aspiring career musician and you're looking and listening to this uh, and you're saying gosh darn molly miller is so freaking successful Mm. right and this person is saying well i wonder you know can i be that successful you know
0: how do you define success and what do you tell that person to me yeah it's like not an end point it's just this constant desire to evolve um yeah i always like the tortoise wins the race you know it's like it's what, how, how do I have to define success I mean like that you know it's like it's a good one though it's a good one the tortoise wins the race yeah it's like it's there's no it's, there's no race it's just like I think I was like it I, I worked so hard for so long and I still do every single day it's like there's never this end point where I'm like well now I made it and I'm done and I think <laughs> like that's actually how like that that's when you give up that's when you stop that's when if you think you've made it you're wrong like I don't know. I think it's just like waking up every day and being inspired to work harder and grow and not like even necessarily like, okay, I want to play with the biggest pop star and be the biggest this and that. And it's just like, like this focus on just like, you know, hovering over a goal. And it's like, it's not a straight line. It's kind of like, you know, you're moving towards a direction. It's, it's, yeah, just like, that's right. Yeah. yeah, It's like every, I think, especially now there's this like, obsession with things happening super quickly you know like lose 10 pounds in 10 days and like (laughs) whatever you know like learn the entire fretboard in just seven minutes like these like absurd things it's like how does that make any sense it's like it's like i and like for all of us i'm always having to remind myself like it's such the the process like it should just be this joyous thing that and if you're liking if you're enjoying what you're doing then you're successful i think like that's you know and i feel that's great yeah if you're if If you wake up excited to do anything in your day, you're winning.
2: I love that, I love that. Now, speaking of that, Again, I like how you're a little bit here, a little bit there. You're doing all kinds of fun things. Talk about your brother's band. Yeah. Uh, with Sammy Miller. Sammy and Miller, yeah, my bro, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: He has been my my partner in crime, I mean, for, but like, especially during quarantine. We're, we're, uh, we're super close. We play music together. He's my little brother. We grew up, he's a drummer, two years younger than me. We grew up always playing music together. And then uh, my family's very close, but on top of that, my brother and I work together. And so, yeah, so his band is so much fun. It's a seven-piece band. My actual brother and then the other five boys feel like brothers to me as well. Um, Touring with them is a lot of fun. It is like, you know, we like sit in a van and then just get so deep. We just talk. And the shows are so fun and so (laughs) joyous and are so challenging. Like, I'm always, every time we play, I'm very intimidated um, because the guys in the band are so good. So it's always like, you know, I want to be rested. I want to be practiced. I want to know the music. I want to be in the zone because everyone in the band is so inspiring to play with, and that's always the place I want to be. It's like fortunate enough to work with musicians that are incredible. So yeah. So Sammy, this uh, Sammy's record, our record came out er, in February of 2020. We were touring a bunch, and then this thing called uh, COVID hit, so that the record yeah. is on hold. But we're actually in the process now. I think we're going to record some music as a band early next year. Nice. Um, But yeah, so Sammy, myself, and the bass player. Corbin Jones, who's this great bass player I met at USC. Um, The three of us have been playing a lot together during quarantine too. But yeah, Sammy is like, it's just like the most fun band. It's like, like right. queen meets, j- meets like really serious jazz. There are a bunch of like Juilliard yeah. jazz musicians in the band and, and like, who also yeah. have, they're like, Sammy calls them like the rejects from Juilliard who like, like to do yoga and like watch theater. You know, they're kind of these like, <laughs> they're all quirky and hilarious and so smart and it. so good. So yeah, I love yeah. those boys. We we're all texting this morning about uh, recording. I think we're going to do like an LA camp out for a couple weeks in January. But nice. yeah, yeah, so check uh, it out, listeners. It's like the, the band is so fun. And Sammy and I fun. do a lot of stuff just together, too.
2: I love watching you guys vibe online. You guys have some cool stuff. Thanks. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. we've spent so many hours playing music together and more hours playing music than, than fighting, especially these days. I feel like as we've gotten that's, older, it's been less, it's been, um, yeah, coming from yeah. a more mature place.
2: <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing to have your family and have that kind of connection. Oh my god! And then yeah. speaking of, uh, I forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about Charlie. Speaking of common ground, Nicole Rowe. Oh my god, she's my- with her.
0: I played with her yesterday. Yeah, Nicole is my girl. Really, you played with her yesterday? Yeah. So yeah, and I actually just went on vacation with her too. I went up to I visited her up nice. in Northern Washington for. Um, like five days or something but yeah Nicole we're supposed to get together actually she's I was ta- Wait, actually no now I'm like mixing up all my conversations <laughs> but yeah, yeah Nicole S- sorry I'm all over I played with her um yesterday we did a video for Moose. I don't know if you know that band oh of course yeah so Nicole and I did that together and then we went nice. plant shopping on Sunday she helped me pick out some cactuses cacti <laughs> yeah.
2: that's awesome that's awesome
0: I know I saw she did this I, I was gonna say that yeah, yeah she's the sweetest how do you know Nicole
2: she is um you know that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now that's going back to Jack Pyatt. Mm. So Jack Pyatt is one of the uh, guys, uh, founders, co-founders of Jam Card. If mm-hmm. you're familiar with Jam Card, yeah. So Jack introduced me to her, and of course, for the listeners who aren't familiar, Nicole Rowe is the bass player for Panic at the Disco. So yeah, so cool. Let, let me ask you this: When speaking of Panic at the Disco or Jason Mraz, that you know those larger tours, what's the difference for you when you're, you know? Uh, hunkering down in the existential existential conversation van rides with eight people, yeah. right? Doing an indie tour versus doing a multi bus tour, big rigs, stages. Yeah. You know, what's is there a difference for you, and how do you?
0: No, I mean, like that's okay. the thing is, I think, I, I think if you start treating any of these gigs differently, is also another like failing point. Like for me, yes. it doesn't matter if I'm playing Perch in downtown for or playing a casual or playing you know, at like a more indie lo- like venue with Sammy, or yes. playing with Jason Mraz for thousands of people. It's like, I, before a gig, I like to practice for at least an hour or two, be warmed up, be in the zone, uh-huh. know the music. It doesn't matter where you are, you take your job seriously. And that's like what I, it's like, I don't take myself seriously. It's all like, you know, if I mess up, no one cares except maybe me. Uh, Like there's not much at stake, you know, but um, I think you have to take the art really seriously or you're not, you're not, and not even the art in some like, I'm an artist and like whatever, (laughs) but like, if you're going to be a musician, you better Fucking be a musician and know your shit. Like there's nothing more frustrating yeah. for me than someone who's like a quote unquote musician who doesn't know fucking shit about music. And Excuse my yeah. language. <laughs>
2: no, <but laughs> don't excuse your language. I feel the same fucking way. Yeah. Like, Get the hell out of here if you don't know. You know? Yeah,
0: take this shit seriously. It is, a, yes. it is like more than a job. It is a life choice that you need to honor that life choice. Ah,
2: uh, I love that. Take this seriously because reconcile with the fact that you're going to do it. Take it seriously. Don't look back because it is a lifestyle. It is not something to just goof off with, right? Yeah. Now that's not to say that, that as a hobbyist, that's fine. Yeah. There's Nothing wrong with just playing for a hobby. We're talking about turning it into a career. Yeah. Big difference, right? Totally. And the and the commitment level. Um, speaking of that, the music industry over the years, decades, and you know, century here, especially with American music, really being born, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we know the struggles that Black Americans have gone through just to play their music, mm-hmm. and I always say we have to have such a reverence for that, for the players who came before us when they couldn't even enter, right, through yeah. the same door totally right, as as the as the other white musicians, whatever. Uh, if it weren't for, I always say, if it weren't for African American culture as a whole, we wouldn't have the amazing music that we have today, right? Yeah, whether it's blues, gospel, jazz—I don't care what it is very similar fashion with women for some Mm. reason it's always seemed to be more like a a, a, you know mostly male dominated kind of an industry thing yeah you're flipping the shit on that on its head (laughs) right there which i love so how do you think about that? Mm-hmm. And look, I want to be sensitive to it. So I don't mm-hmm. want to like be so obviously, wow, it's amazing that you're a woman and you're doing all these great things. No. But at the same time, yeah, I feel like it deserves some
0: yeah. uh, recognition. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, it is something, it is like this funny balance because um, it's very complicated because yeah, everywhere I go, it is like, oh that's a girl playing guitar. That is unusual. And like you said, like, I owe it to all these women before me who were playing music when they weren't supposed to be, when they weren't allowed to be, when they their struggles, you know, like, yeah, like, for me, it has been like, there's plenty of, of uncomfortable, frustrating, upsetting moments, but like, I'm allowed to play. No one ever said I couldn't. I'm, I've been wow. welcomed. I've, But um, I'd say like the biggest struggle is feeling like, I don't have to prove myself everywhere I go. Like I have this co- talk with my friend a lot, a great drummer, Tamir Barzilay, I don't know if you know him, but like about ego and like when I'm on stage feeling like, like fuck you, you think I can't play, I'm gonna show you I can play. And how yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. that's not musical. And like trying to get that <laughs> out of my head, yeah. um it's really even the thing i did yesterday was me nicole and taylor like the pocket queen that badass drummer and like oh, yeah, yeah, everyone, yeah. they're so good but i still kind of i'm like why did it have to be an all-girl thing because i I don't know I, it's really complicated because for so many reasons because i think that uh yeah i don't know how to it's hard either because there's like i could talk about this for hours and hours and it's hard for me to kind right. of like Think about which person, which which side of this complex issue to address.
2: Right, but I mean, we're talking. I'm even referring to the fact that you're a leading woman in the education yeah. department and music education. Yeah, you're holding down a chair at you know a prestigious school here in Los Angeles with your doctorates. That's amazing. That's just you know. I'm sorry to say, it shouldn't be this way, but you're one of the exceptions, not the rule. Totally. You know that. Yeah.
0: go to pantheonpodcast.com/metallica, enter your email and hit that button to be entered to win.
1: And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package.
0: And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the US. Yeah, and I'm very I'm very much aware of that and I think I think in some ways I think it often can be an excuse to not work is hard which mm. is for me like that's like
2: <laughs> clearly nothing, that's not the case for you <laughs> nothing is more
0: frustrating for me no like we like yeah. i think it, it it's kind of it's crappy but like as a woman i have to i have to make sure i'm always more prepared than all the men in the room i have mm. to make sure i am more professional i have to make sure the boundaries are more clear Mm. like there's a lot of things that i have to be aware of that men definitely don't have to be aware of even like i was talking about this with nicole last week like how you're perceived just on a gig and having to very clearly be like i'm not trying to have sex with anyone here so like stop like (laughs) no like the way you dress the way you interact like i feel (sighs) like i have to like be a bro in order to make it clear that i'm like not there for dating i'm there for music and um wow. as an administrator and as a, a running a guitar department with my students who are like close to my age you know some of them right. um or for the admin administrators who are much older than me and like in my, my i'm a i'm in charge of a whole guitar faculty that are men every single one is much older than me you know so it's like wow. i think navigating those sort of relationships i have to be more conscious than a man of like mm. of like my position and what it means and how I interact with people and it's a bummer but also it is like it's the only experience I know and I love this experience so what am I getting, you know
2: that's really cool though I mean wow that's so neat again you're a maverick look you're just crushing (laughs) you're you're blazing a brand new trail so you know but, kudos to you for that
0: thank you but i do have to say i do owe it to like other women you know it was like like right. for, like jennifer condos god like it was yes. probably a lot sister is at a tharp like mary right. osborne there's so many women before right. me who had to deal with w- way worse things than like you know i get plenty of frustrating comments and i want to slap a man or a woman plenty you know for right. some of their comments but i am have it's so much easier for me and I'm hoping the things my goal is the things I'm doing is making it easier for people younger than me. You know, like I didn't have right. I didn't have a mentor who was a female until I was twenty five. and that that was Patrice Russian and Jennifer Kondos. And those two women wow. are not even guitar players.
2: Yeah. You know, and well, those are great mentors. Oh, my God. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Like,
0: yeah. They're incredible. I got to work with Patrice <laughs> while I was at USC. Right. And then Jen, Jen and I became close friends outside of the school. And just like, she's like my best friend and my mother and my mentor, my music mommy and my like dear friend and all of it. Yeah.
2: I love that. I love that. That's uh, so cool. Okay, so Charlie mentioned something to me about hey, ask her about her love for matcha. Oh,
0: I was, like, <laughs> I was scared. No. I was like, love for <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah,
2: like no. And we're just sitting here talking about all this. No, I, sorry, I didn't mean to scare you.
0: <laughs> no, was funny. Was funny.
2: Oh my He's god, like, yeah, she loves matcha. Oh so talk yeah, about that. I am a matcha queen.
0: Um, I just take it real serious. I take my matcha seriously, just like my music. <laughs> yeah, I uh, have. I'm trying to cut down to one a day and instead of 2 but before covid i would use i think it was a habit from touring and being overly tired so i'd have like 3 matches every day Gotcha. And I'd, I'd enjoy the, the caffeine buzz quite a bit. But yeah, I just, um right. I, I order, I get, I like kettle matcha, shin me, that's my favorite, but I don't want other people to actually, it sells out sometimes. So scratch that, don't that's buy my so, matcha. So <laughs> <laughs> and also matcha full. Those are like my two matches. I, I have my whole system. I have just a water with a splash of oat milk. I have my foamer. I have my whisk. Like, I have wow. my sifter. <laughs> yeah, I have like, that fi- is serious. I know I travel with it too. I have a very serious setup. I have a setup at my parents' house because I go there, especially, you know, with, during COVID, I've been there a bunch and right. like twelve setups at my house, my travel setup. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, are you you're exaggerating when you say twelve setups? Probably four. You know. Okay, wow, that's still yeah. pretty serious.
0: I just, I, so, I, yeah.
2: <laughs> that's are all. you the same way? With, are you the same way with guitars and gear, or are you kind of simple with gear?
0: I'm very. I, I mean, like you know, I, I, I'm. I think I'm simple. Like, I, like my three thirty-five and my telly are my two babies. Yeah. Uh, um, but I have a lot of guitars, like just behind the screen. There's like, oh yeah, I'm looking at yours. It's like the same kind of thing. There's just like, right, th- like yeah, okay. so many guitars all around the house. I have so many pedals, right. but I kind of have right. like the go-to pedals that I like. I have my, like, I like my Princeton, mm-hmm. like my Princeton 335 or Tele with like a simple pedal board. Like I love some Earthquaker yes. devices, Ch- uh, uh, Chase Bliss Audio, Keeley. Like I have like a few that I just like go to. Um, yeah. but I, it's fun to have the options it's like i think you know yeah. how like when you uh, it's like i always think of, like books like it's nice to have a lot of books around you just feel like smarter having <laughs> a lot of books around <laughs> and i think the same thing is true of guitar with like a bunch of guitars around there's just like this warm feeling yeah. i get in my heart
2: yeah, right. yeah I'm, I'm a serious guitar
0: player i, I have all these guitars yeah. <laughs>
2: so, no it's true. it's true it's true it's definitely
0: don't they know how I... good i am i have so many guitars <laughs>
2: <laughs> this has been so awesome, Molly. I really appreciate your insight and, yeah. and wisdom. And, you know, I usually try to uh, go out with like some words of advice, but you already threw down so many great, you know, oh. n- nuggets of advice. Do you, are you, How about some rapid fire questions? You down with that? Yeah. All right. Let's go. Bang, bang, bang. Here we go. Uh, well, I see. I already, I think I already answered my first question. Mm. Name three touring essentials. Um,. Matcha, matcha, matcha.
0: Oh, like oh, like that that kind of touring, like. <laughs> no, I don't care. Okay. Any kind, yeah. You when want, you go on
2: tour, any kind of. Essentials. Okay, so
0: outside of okay, practice guitar, practice amp. So I always have like a setup in my hotel room. Gotcha. Uh, running shoes and matcha. Those are probably my three pre- essential tour setup things.
2: Love that yeah. song. Band or artist that changed your life well, again, which I think I, you said Hendrix, but
0: Sister is a okay. Tharp. She's my queen.
2: Ah, okay, okay. Uh, as an entertainer right? As we're entertainers, this is all we do. Mm -hmm. It's entertain. So it's hard to be entertained ourselves. Mm. So what does it for you?
0: What I feel like all day long I get entertained. I go on yeah, like, (laughs) like, like like, guitar wise, like, yeah, like current, uh, just like going to see music is the most inspiring thing for me. So I do that. I like to do that seven days a week when when it's when it's healthy for the world.
2: Yeah, yeah, which, you know, we're gonna get back to that. Uh, Three artists in your playlist.
0: Mm. Julian Lodge. Blake Mills and uh, who's it? Oscar Peterson.
2: I love it. I was just talking to a good friend about Oscar Peterson versus Art Tatum.
0: Man, I love.
2: Uh, not that it's a competition, but you know they.
0: Yeah, I, I, they're like yeah, two of my favorite piano players, if not my two same, favorite yeah. piano players.
2: Yeah. I don't believe they are human. That's so ridiculous, the, the prowess they've both. Uh, all right. On long travel days, how do you keep from going sane? Run. From going insane. Run. Run. Love that. Love that. And uh, what are you currently binging? Anything on the old uh, TV? streaming yeah devices.
0: um i'm actually it's like i feel like i always need to watch more television it's like i know nothing <laughs> about it i'm like <laughs> uh i was i'm trying to think eh, what did i watch bojack horseman is like my all-time favorite
2: okay <laughs> yeah okay. that's a good one uh dream collaboration dead or
0: alive oh my god well i mean sisters at a third i would say because she's my 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 ba- but this could go on for days and days and days yeah all
2: right a guilty pleasure
0: a guilty pleasure. Oh cheese and bread. A baguette with extra sharp cheddar, please. Oh
2: dude. yeah, that sounds good. Uh, what reminds you of home, especially when you're out there on the road?
0: Oh,, probably my mom's cooking. <laughs> I don't know. probably like I'll probably be like food related, you know.
2: Yeah. what's your favorite food?
0: Bread and cheese. <laughs>
2: No, he's just, okay, so not Italian, not Cuban, not uh, Indian, like, I don't, bread and cheese. Yeah. I don't know if it would be like a genre.
0: I feel like just like the iter- yeah. any iteration of any culture of bread and cheese.
2: <laughs> I love it. All right, and here we go. The proverbial drum roll. Finally, what would you do if you weren't a career musician?
0: I don't. There, nothing else exists in this world. I don't know. The, yeah, that's like way too. There is no answer to that ninety nine percent
2: of my guests, we all say the same thing. Yeah. There's no other option. what do we what do you mean? What am we gonna do?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be a lost puppy. I don't know.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> all right, so we can go to mollymillermusic.com find all the information about your, your upcoming projects and your all your social links. Anything else you want to mention?
0: Yeah he says, stay tuned for the record and all the music. Yeah, I'm pretty good about posting on my Instagram at Moody Mill. M-I-L-L. Yeah, Moody Mill for like Molly Miller. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Love it. And I love when you post playing excerpts. Love it. I'll do more of those. Okay. Let me, this is a good question. Okay. Sorry, sorry, side tangent, last little add-on here. How do you do that? Because I look at Instagram and I see some of these players. So I have, and they have a million followers and every single post is of them playing. Yeah. I, two things. I feel like, number one, I don't have the time because yeah. I am doing a lot of other stuff that yeah. I'm working on. You're the career musician. The, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. But number two, sometimes I feel like it's overly self indulgent. How do you
0: balance this? Oh, I mean, I try, I just like i don't know i just feel i do it i do it feels right i do it very organically yeah, like, and, but yeah no okay. i i feel the same like i don't want like just video after video of me playing because i kind of yeah. i get disgusted by it like from myself and other people i'm like like no one no one cares about me <laughs>
2: you know? that's exactly how i feel So that's why i'm asking you that's so funny yes
0: <laughs> yeah but okay. like it also yeah. i think it's important to post some content not just because like i need more right. followers but like it's a part of the right. whole brand. It's just like, if you're a career musician in 2020, you need to have an online presence, but yeah. I need a balance of like doing it and not making it feel like masturbatory and disgusting and self, self-indulgent. self
2: Yes, ba- balance, yeah. great, great philosophy, great word, great concept. Molly Miller, you
1: rock. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you for having me. It was lots of fun talking.
1: Being a career musician is more than just gigs and sessions. Are you a career musician? Find out on the Career Musician Podcast. Streaming everywhere.
0: Blasting the stereotype of musicians. Follow us at the Career Musician Podcast.
2: I'm just a nomad, nowhere man. Writing the songs in this one-man band. A nomad.